the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. We've made it. It is the off-season. I think I probably started it... That's how I started last week's episode, but we actually now have no football to talk about. No more games until September. Uh, But that means it is draft season, it's the off-season, it's silly season. There's already a lot of wild rumors flying around out there, and... As the NFL starts a new chapter, technically so do I. A little peek behind the curtains here. It has been a wild last couple weeks for me. Uh, Got in a car accident. Car was a write-off. Obviously, hasn't been snowing. So most of you know that I do snow removal in the winter. So haven't really been working either. So uh, went to a wedding. Had to find a car to bring to the wedding. So it's been a wild, hectic last couple weeks. But I am... Just got a brand new job that I am very excited about starting, Um, and things are on the up. So yeah, new chapter in my life, new chapter of the NFL coming this spring, summer, and we still have a lot to talk about. Um, This episode, like always, we'll do the NFL weekly update, and I'm going to go over the five things I was right about for this season and five things I was wrong about. Now, there was more more rights and more wrongs that I could have talked about, but these are like the five that I kind of nailed on the head or five that completely whiffed out of left field. Um, Yeah, so that's going to be the episode. Uh, Next week's episode, I'm going to get more draft heavy. I think the combine does start next week. So we will be, uh, I think last year I did like the five like athletic freaks to look out for. I think I'm going to do more of kind of a draft based episode in general, talk about the class, uh, like the overall strength, because this is a very strong draft class, in my opinion, but talk about the overall class as a whole, and then kind of give out some guys to look out for at the at the combine who could see their stocks rise or fall, all depending on how they do, uh, will be a more, next week's episode is going to be the the draft episode to get you geared up for the combine, and for what's ahead, and then, you know, break off in the free agency and then still got lots of stuff to talk about lots of stuff to talk about but um yeah I guess let's just start off NFL weekly update here and have to start it off on a very sour note uh Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade ended in a tragedy um there was a shooting 12 12 people injured uh 11 were children, 9 were shot, and 1 death. Um, Just such an avoidable tragedy nowadays. Uh, And it ended up being, it was like a disagreement or a fight that two teenagers got in and then ended up escalating to them shooting each other and thus shooting the people around them also. Um, Terrible. I mean, there's no other way to phrase it. It is avoidable in this day and age, but... uh, I don't know, the the states as much as, like, thank you for giving us the NFL, it's, it's a fucked up country. I mean, a lot of countries are fucked up right now, if we're being honest, but um, I don't want to dive into that stuff, because that stuff is sad and depressing, and I hope that everyone makes a recovery, and I hope all the 
kids and I I mean Taylor Swift donated 100k Pat and Brittany Mahomes went and visited uh so did many other Chiefs players went and visited those kids in the hospitals and their families uh yeah just I mean sad tragedy avoidable tragedy um and hopefully everyone makes a full full recovery and hopefully there is some change at some level but we'll we'll keep going here um and the other team that was in the Super Bowl, the 49ers, they have let go of their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Uh, Wilkes, the interim Panthers head coach, uh, turned that team around a little bit, then, then came over to 49ers, where the 49ers have a track record of, I mean, their defense is very good, and guys getting hired out of their kind of like the Shanahan tree there. And uh, Wilkes couldn't do it. He couldn't bring the same... Uh, same sauce that D'Amico was really working with last year. And I'd say that what Wilkes had to work with on defense compared to what uh, D'Amico had was arguably a little bit better. Um, The injuries kind of bit them on the ass a little bit, but um, people are using this as like, oh, this is like a scapegoat thing for Kyle Shanahan. It's his fault. It's not the defense's fault, blah, blah, blah. Um just in general, the Niners' defense took a step back mainly because of play calling. There was bad situational football played by the Niners, and Wilkes was a part of that. I don't think that this was a very good mesh um, for him and the defense. I don't think he was that great of a coach anyways, so I think that uh, they'll get a new voice in there. I don't know who it's who it's. I don't think they've hired. I mean, I didn't write anything down, so they definitely didn't hire a defense coordinator in that time. Time, Joe Staley still available. Not Joe Staley, Brandon Staley. Joe Staley, former Niners. Uh but yeah, Brandon Staley still available. Um, so we'll see. Uh let's keep going though. Um, we have a suspension. Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games for using PEDs. Now. Uh, we don't know what kind of performance this enhanced because it didn't translate to the football field. And that is what a lot of the PEDs now are, the banned substance. Actually, no, they specifically said PEDs instead of banned substance. So Jimmy G, Jimmy G tried to take something to make him a better football player. And um, yeah, that didn't translate at all. Um so obviously Jimmy G's still not technically a free agent. He will get released. I think he was owed eleven some million dollars by the Raiders by March. I think that'll be void now at this uh, at this point because it does violate his contract. He is missing the first two games now. So I think they will release him. No dead money. We'll see where the vet QB lies. Um, I don't know if we'll get a chance to be a starter. Where I think. If you look at the QB market right now, I think guys like Russ, uh, Baker, maybe Jameis, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, like those guys will, I think, have a chance to fight for a starting job. I think that Jimmy G is going to have to put himself in a situation where you're behind the young quarterback. You are the clear-cut backup, and there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Um yeah, so we'll see what happens, but Jimmy G, two-game suspension for PEDs. Uh, keep going here. We have a retirement. Um, one of the greatest special teamers of all time, Matthew Slater of the Patriots, is officially done, retired. Um, and yeah, he had a fantastic career. 
10-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro as a special teamer, uh, three-time Super Bowl champion, obviously, with the Patriots. And this kind of brings it to a bigger question. Will Matthew Slater be a Hall of Famer? Um, It's, again, it's tough. But I think I just saw Devin Hester get in the first three years of his eligibility. I wouldn't doubt if someone like Slater does make it. I mean, he has tremendous high praise from Bill Belichick, who does think he should be a a special teamer, because that's what Slater is. He has been a special teamer his entire career, but he is one of the best gunners, best... Just, he's a great special teamer. And I mean, there's a reason why he was an all-pro. He was a 10-time pro bowler. Like... The man is good. The man is fantastic at what he does. But did he make an impact enough on the game? That's that's the tough part when all when all you are is a, a gunner on special teams, essentially. Um, and this also brings up the debate of someone named Steve Tasker. Steve Tasker, also one of the best special teamers of all time played for the Bills, and I was doing some quick little research to do uh, the Matthew Slater versus uh, Steve Tasker debate. And I was going through, and I was looking, and then I get to, like, the defensive stats just to see, like, how many tackles each of them had. Uh, And then I look at Tasker, and Tasker has zero. And I was like, how did a guy who played special teams his whole career not record a single tackle? Then I found out that uh, the NFL or pro football reference didn't start tracking special teams tackles until 2001. So I don't know how many tackles uh, Tasker had, but what I do know is Tasker, while also being a gunner on special teams, also caught the ball, also did kickoff returns. Uh, He was more of a NFL player, more of a football player than let's say Slater was. Um, And that's not a knock on Slater. Slater is obviously great, but it's tough to leave someone like Tasker out of the Hall of Fame while putting someone like Matthew Slater in. Now, in my opinion, both are deserving. I think, again, it's special teams as a third of the game. Again, not really true, but these guys were the best at what they did, and that matters. It just flat out does at the end of the day. So I think that Tasker and Slater should both be in the Hall of Fame at some point. I think it's probably going to take them. I mean, Tasker's already been waiting for years and years and years. Like Slater, it's like it should be an easy, easy decade for him to make it in. And the fact that Tasker also has a very good case, has been a finalist before, it would be wild to put Slater in ahead of Tasker. That's kind of just all I'm saying. That's my argument, but I think both should be in at some point. So um, congrats to Matthew Slater on the retirement. One of the best to ever do it on the special team side. Uh, We have some cuts, and uh, I'll start off with the ones from the Patriots. The Patriots have cut defensive lineman Lawrence Guy and safety Adrian Phillips. Um, Both have been very... Uh, What am I trying to say here? Not active members of the team, but not key members of the team, but they were good rotational depth piece guys and both good. Like you feel confident an injury happens on the field. Oh, great. We got Adrian Phillips out there now. Like it's a step down, but like still good. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's it's the same thing. Same thing with Lawrence Guy. Lawrence Guy is awesome, dependable. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. 
And yeah, the Patriots are moving on from both of those guys. Both give them an early chance to look uh, at their free agency markets. Both will get picked up by someone, so wish them the best. Um, two more cuts, and these are from the Bears. Bears have released former safety Eddie Jackson, uh, former All-Pro Eddie Jackson, and also released guard-slash-center, I guess, interior offensive lineman Cody Whitehair. Again, both of these guys, I think, just kind of on the outs with how this new Bears and new Bears regime is kind of trying to shape their team. Um, but again, Eddie Jackson, still a starting safety in this league. Someone will give him a contract, sign him, man, like what, maybe a one, two-year deal, whatever. But uh, and same with Cody Whitehair. <laughs> Teams need offensive linemen in a very bad way, and thankfully this draft has a ton of them. Um but yeah, offensive line play is kind of at an all-time low throughout the league. So the Bears giving up on a guy like Cody Whitehair isn't like, oh, Cody Whitehair sucks. But it's a new change of scenery, and I don't think the Bears wanted to give him a payday, which is f- fair enough. you got to rework the whole team now around your probably first overall pick, Caleb Williams. Um, again, lots to talk about. But um, yeah, so those two men are released, hitting free agency early. Um Another retirement here, Mike Davis, journeyman running back, uh, started with the Niners, I think Seahawks, where else did he go? Seahawks, the Panthers, the Falcons, and then he finished off as a Raven, I believe. Um, Yeah, so not really a notable guy, but for fantasy guys and people who have been playing fantasy, you know the name Mike Davis. He came on towards that end of the season with the Panthers once CMC got hurt and carried some people in their fantasy playoffs and their fantasy matchups. Uh, Yeah, Mike Davis, not a terrific running back, but uh, solid, dependable, had a very good career. So congrats to Mike Davis. Um, And last note up here, we have confirmation that NCAA college football is back. Um... And I'm very excited. That was one of the few games that when I had my 360 console that I would continuously go back to play because there was so much detail into their franchise mode, essentially. I mean, just building a college program from the ground up. It was a lot of a lot of fun. Um, but my worry is, is EA, since uh, NCAA 14 came out with, oh, what was his name? Uh, Denard Robinson on the cover, the Michigan quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I mean, he did everything. Drafted by the Jags, I believe. But since that game, EA has just taken a massive turn down. Just everything they put out is copy-paste. It's boring. It's bad gameplay. And people are very worried that it's just going to be a copy of Madden, me included. Uh, Because Madden sucks, if you didn't know. It just flat-out does. Uh when I was at my friend Art's place in Montreal for Super Bowl weekend, uh, he has Game Pass, and one of the free games that you could download was Madden 24. So I'm like, I haven't played that yet. It's like, ah, oh, might as well play it. Terrible. There's no difference between like Madden 24. There's like a few stylistic tweaks, but like compared to like Madden 20, Madden 24, the gameplay is better in Madden 20. I feel like the gameplay every single year just keeps getting worse and worse and there's more glitches because they're trying to do way too much and it's just, it doesn't work. So I am 
scared that after all these years of waiting that NCAA 25 is going to be a brutal game just gameplay wise and unenjoyable and there's going to be some some kind of ultimate team and I just hope again the team building and the franchise mode in that is what made that game special don't take that away EA because you have been ruining so many games so 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 many games um yeah that'll do it for the NFL weekly update I guess let's get into the five things I was right and wrong about um now Again, there was a lot that I was wrong about, and there was a lot that I was right about. I don't claim to be some all-knowing savant uh, of American football, but I, I know quite a lot, but I'm an idiot. Everyone's an idiot talking about the NFL. No one really knows. It's just a crapshoot lottery at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know what I want to start with. Do I want to start with what I was right about and then what I was wrong about? I feel like more people want to hear what I was wrong about, so I'm going to save that. Let's start off with what I was right about. Um, Starting off at number five. And this is kind of like, it's not even really like a big pat on the back for me. Um, I was right about the Saints. I feel like I could have said this for every single year that I've been doing the podcast, and I guess that's only been two seasons so far. But the Saints are stuck They're stuck in the mud. They can't do anything about any of these contracts on their team for a couple more years now. So they are just a purgatory stuck in that picking in the 10 to 18 range. They're just not good. They're just flat out not good. And there's nothing that the team and nothing that Mickey Loomis can do about it because the way that he structured the contracts. Um, Yeah, so I mean... Last year, I think the Saints finished 7-10, and 10, uh, and this year, I think the Saints finished 7-10. and 10. What a shock. I'm confirming that, because I'm pretty sure they did. I don't know why they would have a higher record than that. Wow, they finished 9-8. and eight. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, the Saints suck. It's just, it is what it is. They Again, they have nice players and players that we like, but... They're all getting paid way too much money, and there's not enough for them to do. They're stuck with Derek Carr now. So, yeah, I was right. The Saints, you are in QB, or you are in NFL purgatory, and there's nothing, nothing you can do. Uh, We'll keep going here. Um, Number four, number four, the Detroit Lions. A team that I was right about, um... For most of the season, I think there was points where I was doubting and I was the offense was taking a bit of a dip and the defense was like, what the fuck is going on? But they've righted the ship. And from the offseason, I looked at this team and I'm like, they have issues on defense, but they also they drafted well and they had players in place and they put some free agents in there. I don't know where the defense is going to look like. And the defense, when they got those guys back and their team was healthy, the defense looked solid anyways. Did it look great? No, but it did its job. And the offense, which was the real winner for them, I guess you should say, was what I saw in the Lions was Goff is good enough. The offensive line is great. Monty and Gibbs the one of the best duos in the league. Amon Ra, top 10 receiver. 
Um, and I was looking in my notes because I wanted to give myself full credit. And when I was talking about the Lions in the offseason, I brought up Sam Laporta being like, that was a good pick. He is a good tight end. They do not have a solid number one tight end on the roster. I think in the offseason, like Brock Wright was their number one. Um, yeah, Sam Laporta immediately came in, kicked ass, gave them a big target for Goff to use, basically replaced Hawkinson immediately. Um, so yeah, this was a Lions team that I was excited to watch in the offseason, and they proved basically everything that I said was right. Now, some people like Chu had them in the Super Bowl, and they lived a little short to his expectations, but they fully met my expectations. I knew that they were going to be a playoff team. I knew that they were going to be a good playoff team. Um, so yeah, the Lions are the number four thing I was right about. Uh, moving into the top three now. Uh, at number three, I was right about the nasty man, the predator, Deshaun Watson, being ass. He's just flat out not a good quarterback. And he doesn't deserve to be a good quarterback any anymore after what he's done. Um, there was a report that came out, I think last week or something, that he could still be sued again. Because the only thing that was settled was from... I think it was like five women that actually came forward that were like had their names on the suit. And we all know that there are more women out there. So there's a chance that he could be suspended again, could have his contract voided. And right now he's like a $65 million cap hit. So the best thing for the Browns would be him to get suspended and them to void that contract and say, bye bye, Deshaun. We made a mistake. Fuck you. Um, But yeah, he just, he just simply did not cut it. And if it wasn't for the Browns having all of their QBs get hurt, they wouldn't have been able to find their best QB for them of the season in Joe Flacco. Uh, Joe Flacco, the Browns' fourth-string quarterback, essentially, ended up being the best quarterback that they could have had. Because if Watson was the starter all year, you can forget it. That team is not making the playoffs. Um, Yeah, and he's done. He's just flat-out not... A good quarterback anymore. He has shown nothing in his time since coming back from suspension that he is anything close to what the Houston Texans uh, Deshaun was, and I, for one, couldn't be happier about it. So, uh, big fuck you to the Browns, big fuck you to Deshaun Watson. Uh, We will keep moving on, though. The number two thing I was right about this season, and... Yeah, I guess I'll just say it. I I was right about the Dolphins. Now I have had about a month, more than a month, that we are removed now from the Ravens game, from the Bills game, from the Chiefs game in the playoffs. And those were obviously all demoralizing, soul-crushing losses. Felt terrible. Talked a lot of shit about the team. But now that we're far enough removed from that, I feel better about where the organization is going. Now, pending free agents and whatever, like, is what it is, and we'll see how the offseason sorts out, but I am confident that if we were as healthy as the Chiefs, as the Ravens, as the Niners, as the Lions, that the Dolphins could have been competing in the Divisional, in the Championship, maybe in the Super Bowl. Uh... Again, a lot of ifs, a lot of hypotheticals there. Don't like talking in that, but 
we, we were so goddamn hurt. But despite that, this was a very good team for 90% of the year. Then injuries killed us at the end, and they killed us quickly in the end. But this was a team. Tua answered all the questions about him being not healthy. Oh, he can't lead the team. And he did it. He was healthy for the... He was the only one who basically wasn't healthy as a starter um, on the offense. I think on both sides of the ball. Maybe Wilkins and Siler played every snap or every game anyways. But Tua, I think, was our only healthy starter on offense the entire season. Um... And now the question for Tua is, okay, he can stay healthy. Boom, we've got that. He's durable now. Um, And now it's, can he win in the clutch? And that is the big question going forward. But every year, Tua has answered the bell of whatever the knock against him was. It just, he's been doing it. Every year he's gotten better. And I'm still happy that he is the Dolphins quarterback at this point. Um... Yeah, I don't know, but I was right. I was right that this offense would be better. I was right that the offensive line continuity would help and the coaching and everyone. Again, it's just the continuity on offense. And our offense was, yeah, no, I'd say it was just as good as last year. Like, actually, no, it was better than last year. What am I saying? Our ground game got going. I mean, Mostert had more than 20 rushing TDs on the ground. A-Chain was incredible when he was healthy. Uh Tyreek was Tyreek. I mean, Waddle was hurt for a lot of the season. Um, and yeah, our defense too. Our defense, when it was fully healthy, was fucking lights out. I mean, Chubb was awesome. Jalen Phillips was awesome. Wilk, Siler, uh, David Long, Ramsey, Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland. But most of those, Andrew Van Ginkle, most of those guys were hurt when it mattered. Um, but you know, I there was a lot of doubters from the Dolphins, and there still are a lot of doubters, but I will not take away that most people thought that the Dolphins were going to miss the playoffs, like not be that good of a team. I know some people, I mean, not to give Theo Ash a lot of credit, but Theo Ash had the Dolphins at six and 11 last year. Um, Now again, still some questions to answer, but I was right about the Dolphins. I knew that this was going to be a playoff team. I knew that, again, would have been a good playoff team if we stayed healthy. It is what it is. Um, health kicks a lot of teams in the ass every single year. And it was just the Dolphins' year this year. But this is this is honestly really sad to say. But these last four years of football, basically, and really the last two, because the Flores thing, there was so much struggle on offense, it was hard to watch. But... These last two years of Dolphins football have been the best years of Dolphins football that I have ever watched. Very sad to say, seeing as that we lost in the wild card both times. But um, yeah, we're still building. We're still going up. We still have the majority of the building blocks on this team going forward. Um, Dolphins are good. Dolphins are good. (laughs) Um... And the number one thing that I was right about this season is the Patriots' offense. I'm not even going to say the Patriots as a whole because injuries on defense and whatever, but my God, was I right about the Patriots' offense. I had questions about the offensive line. I had questions about the coaching. 
I had questions about the quarterback. I had questions about the wide receiver room. But no, I was told, oh, don't worry, Bill O'Brien is coming back. Bill O'Brien is going to fix everything. He's going to turn Mac Jones and make Devontae Parker's hamstrings not made out of fucking, I don't even know, made out of dental floss, basically. Um, This Patriots offense was absolutely terrible, and it wasn't good at all. Like, quite literally, at all. Um... They lost Jacoby Myers, brought in Juju, who was just worse than Jacoby Myers, and they paid Juju a little bit more money. Um, yeah, I just there was nothing, nothing about the Patriots' offense going into the offseason that could have worked. Again, it was the, the our defense is going to be so good where they're going to force turnovers and put us in good spots so the offense can succeed. And then the defense lost their number one corner in Christian Gonzalez and their number one edge player in Matt Judon. Now, the defense still ticked up a little bit towards the end, did start playing good ball, but the offense was just so bad the entire year. Uh, And who would have thought? Me. I would have thought. Uh, But yeah, no, the the notion that Bill O'Brien was going to come in and turn... Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster into this, like, weapon of an offense, and they're really going to uptick in, oh, signing Zeke, that's the, oh, watch out, they got Ezekiel Elliott now. Um, That just, come on, like, who are we kidding? We knew that that was not going to work out, and it was a flat-out failure. Um, That's why I'm hoping that the Patriots, I mean... Yeah, actually, no. I'll talk about it now. The Patriots are in a spot where they are in the unique position of picking third overall right now. Um, Now, if we just assume that the first two quarterbacks, or the first two picks are quarterbacks, the Patriots are in the spot to rather take the technically third best quarterback in the draft, or maybe they draft someone like Marvin Harrison. Uh, If they... If they signed a vet QB and they drafted someone like Marvin Harrison Jr., that would make me just so happy. So happy. Um, Because to me, because I know that their defense is still going to be very good next year, might take a step back in play calling just because Gerard Mayo has never called plays for the defense. It's always been a Belichick doing it, whether it be Bill or Steve. Um, The defense might take a step back in the offense, just still isn't flat out good. And you put someone like Russ or Gardner Minshew or Jacoby Brissett or Jimmy G back there behind a not very good offensive line, throwing to Marvin Harrison, essentially, um, they're going to be okay. And being okay is the worst thing that you can be in the NFL, is that puts you in the Saints territory. That puts you where the Dolphins were for a very long time, where you're not picking in the top 10. You can't go get your franchise-changing quarterback and it sucks, where right now they are in the range to potentially pick their franchise quarterback. Um, but, however, if they draft franchise quarterback, obviously a lot of offseason talk about, but they are putting him in a spot to fail almost immediately. Like, you hope that Ramondre comes back from his injury and he's good to go. You hope that they find him an actual wide receiver to throw to. You hope that the offensive line is just going to get better, but it could be completely miserable 
for whatever quarterback that they draft there. Um, so I'm just happy that the Patriots are in weird flux organization-wise. You don't really know how it's going to go, and that makes me happy. Um, yeah, but the Pats' offense sucked, and that was the number one thing I was right about. just had to bring that up again. Um, and yeah, now I guess let's go with the five things I was wrong about here. Um, starting off at number five, I I was wrong about Jordan Love. Like, truly, I didn't think that, I thought that at at his best this season that he would be like, okay, you're like a top 20 quarterback, like, whatever, you looked good, you showed a little bit of promise and upside, but like, who are we kidding here? Like, it doesn't look like you're going to be the guy, like, it looks like you could just be a fine NFL quarterback and... No, his second half of the season, basically, from, like, week 10 on, he was incredible. He was lights out. Um, I think, like, again, he's fringe top 10 QB for me right now, which is crazy to say. Um, And that offense, really, all of the young weapons, they they were on it. So, shout-out to Jordan Love, shout-out to the Packers, shout-out to Matt LaFleur for making it work because it looks like Jordan Love is going to be their franchise quarterback where honestly I was just playing the odds I didn't think that the Packers could have three franchise QBs in a row over the span of 30 years essentially like just forgive me I mean fuck the Browns started four QBs this year and the Packers are going to have three franchise guys over the span of 30 years some teams are just lucky like that um But yeah, I was wrong about Jordan Love. I didn't think that he was going to be that good. I thought he was going to be fine this year and then maybe take an uptick for this coming season, but he's just flat out a good player, a good quarterback, and I'm interested to see his progression for next season. Um, uh, The next thing I was wrong about at number four, and basically the exact opposite of Jordan Love, I was wrong about Justin Fields. I thought that Justin Fields, this was going to be a turnaround moment for him where this offense was going to come together. They got DJ Moore. They drafted Darnell Wright where I didn't think the Bears were going to make the playoffs. Of course not. But I thought that the offense would take shape better. Now, there's a lot of finger pointing in the Bears organization about who deserves full blame on how the offense looks. Is it Justin Fields? for holding on to the ball for too long, not seeing wide-open guys? Or is it on Luke Getze, who, for whatever fucking reason, decided to go away from what worked in the 2022, towards the end of the 22 season for Justin Fields, uh, to going back to what didn't work for the first half of this season. Then Fields gets hurt. Uh, Tyson Bagent goes in, looks terrible. And then... Fields comes back, and they decided, yeah, let's be a run-first offense. Let's use Fields' rushing ability, which it always should have been. Use your player's strength. Fields is, again, he can hit shots kind of when needed, not very accurately all the time, but he has arm talent anyways. Um, But he's a runner. Run the fucking football. It's not a a hard concept. And now, I think Fields, I thought he was going to have this big offensive year, potentially, and he would have had a bigger offensive year, I think, if he doesn't get hurt kind of towards the middle of the season, and if Luke Getze didn't decide to revert to, like, a pass-first offense, and 
not rush the football like they should have. I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, I thought Justin Fields was going to be easy, definitive top 10 QB this year and just flat out wrong, flat out wrong. He's now going to get traded to who knows. I mean, the Steelers have been rumored for every vet QB now. I still hold out hope that the Falcons do something cool, but um, the Fields, I mean, in the veteran QB market, Fields is probably the top guy by a wide margin, I would probably add. Um, so yeah, Justin Fields is the number four thing I was wrong about. Um, then moving on to number three, I've already kind of owned, owned up to this one throughout the season, but it is the Buccaneers and it is Baker Mayfield. I wrote this team off in my, uh, in my preview for the NFC South. I said that Baker Mayfield uh, and the Bucks were like top five pick, number one overall pick. That was their floor ceiling. Like, I thought that they were just going to be flat out bad and... They made the playoffs. They won their division. And not only did they make the playoffs, they won a playoff game. Um, Baker looked great. Baker looked like Baker again. He was having fun throwing the Mike Evans, throwing the Chris, Chris Godwin. Um, I give credit to Todd, Bowl, uh, Todd Bowles for having the defense be good enough. Um, but yeah, now offensive coordinator Dave Canales is now the Panthers head coach. So we'll see. Baker's obviously a free agent. Mike Evans is a free agent, but uh, I don't know. I just thought that uh, this team that went nine and eight last year with Tom Brady is now basically bringing back the same team and now Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And they did better than that Brady Bucks team from 2022. Somehow wild to say. Um, but yeah, the I was wrong about the Bucks. I don't think there's really much I can say, but. Baker proved a lot of doubters wrong. The Bucks proved a lot of doubters wrong, and they're going to have to do it again this season because the Bucks should be all over keeping Baker, but who knows? He's going to have a big market out there, a very big market. Lots of teams need quarterbacks like Baker, but I think Baker would like to stay in Tampa. Uh, maybe he follows Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is going to sign with a Super Bowl contender, so never mind. Um... The number two thing, the number two thing that I was wrong about the most is the L.A. Rams. Um, yeah, I thought the Rams were going to be fine. Not fine. No, I thought they were going to be flat out bad. I think if for my floor and ceiling, I think my floor for them was like a top five pick and my ceiling for them was like a top ten pick. I thought this team was going to flat out stink and... A big part of it was because I thought Matt Stafford was cooked. And my apologies, Matthew. I did not know your game. I mean, I did know your game. I've been a big supporter. You're fucking incredible. But I thought with the elbow surgeries on the throwing arm, I thought he was done. I thought he was done. I was looking at, I did uh, rankings before the season. I'm going to have to update them now. But it was basically what I thought my rankings would look like after the season being predictive. I had Matt Stafford out of my top 25 quarterbacks because I thought he was going to be retired. I thought he was going to be out of football. I legitimately thought that his arm was cooked and this offense wouldn't go anywhere. <sighs> credit to Sean McVay. Credit to Matt Stafford for still being that guy, still being 
he might be my fifth best quarterback right now, which is crazy to say, uh, given, I mean, just how old he is, basically. But, um, yeah, the Rams, I mean, I just didn't see it literally whatsoever. I thought, I mean, the defense was Aaron Donald and a bunch of dudes, and a bunch of those dudes ended up being very, very solid players for them. Uh, a bunch of young guys stepped up like Byron Young on the edge, like Kobe Turner next to Aaron Donald. Um, they still got some holes that like they need to fix on that defense, but the defense was fine. Credit to Raheem Morris. You made a bunch of guys in Aaron Donald play pretty good for most of the season. And the offense, the offense. I can't give enough credit to Sean McVay and Matt Stafford. Like, again, going into the year, it's like, okay, it's Matt Stafford throwing to Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua came from out of nowhere. I think that took everyone by surprise, but Puka Nakua, the best rookie receiving performance we've ever seen in the history of the NFL, um, next to Cooper Cup, and Kyron Williams, when he came back from his injury, fucking phenomenal. Like, the Rams were such a fun team this year, and I had no idea. I was so down on the Rams the entire offseason, basically, and they shut me up. Um... I just, yeah, I didn't, it, it, it was truly, I didn't think that Matt Stafford was going to be playing football again, really. I thought he'd come back and his arm would just be gone after that surgery, and no, he looks great. He still looks fantastic, and I'm now excited to see what the Rams are going to do this offseason to try to fortify that defense a little bit to uh, let's see if they can go on another playoff run again. Uh but yeah, I was completely wrong about the Rams and Matt Stafford. And the number one thing I was most wrong about this offseason, Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence. I thought this was going to be the breakthrough year for Trevor. Year three, we saw kind of his progression at the end of that 2022 season where he was getting it, things were clicking, that comeback in the playoffs, he got a playoff win under his belt, and 2023 was just kind of more of the same of the up-and-down Trevor Lawrence saga and the up-and-down Jags, where the offense looked dysfunctional, he didn't look great at times, he was forcing a lot of things. Um, I just thought he would be better. I I had him, again, when you when I go to my... Uh, post-2023 season rankings for quarterbacks. I thought Trevor Lawrence, I had Trevor Lawrence as my number two quarterback. That was the jump that I expected him to take. And now, I'm trying to remember like off the top of my head in my rankings. I don't think I have him in my, in my top 15 quarterbacks at this point because he has proved nothing other than he is a tall, white quarterback with long hair who supposed to have it all. I mean, he was the prince who was promised, if we want to use the Game of Thrones reference. Um, and it just hasn't been there. Again, this isn't a shot at Trevor Lawrence where I don't think that he could ever become one of the elite QBs in the NFL, but we got to see something, and something relatively soon anyways. Um, like, he's been good, he's been fine, but he was supposed to be amazing basically from the get-go and that's kind of unfair pressure that the media and us as fans have really put on him uh, on those expectations but 
I again and like they looked good when it was like oh Evan Ingram, Christian Kerr, Travis Etienne, and then they added Calvin Ridley, and they just couldn't seemingly find a way to use Calvin Ridley. Like I don't know what happened there. I don't think that Calvin Ridley's uh, athleticism or football prowess really dropped off in the games that he missed for gambling. It was just I don't know. I expected these this offense to take a big tick up, and the Jags just ended up flat out missing the playoffs. Um, so yeah, Trevor Lawrence was the thing I was most wrong about this season. Um, yeah, I guess that'll do it. That is the five things I was right about, five things I was wrong about. Uh, feel free to let me know if you have any things at the top of my head of what I was like screaming from the mountaintop of this is going to happen or blah, blah, blah. I think I kind of nailed the five things I was right and wrong about through the season. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I pretty much covered it. So, um, yeah, next episode, I guess, next Wednesday will be the uh, the Combine episode. Players to watch for, a little more draft talk, just in general. I might find another topic to talk about, too, uh, so I've been seeing a lot of people talk about, and maybe I'll just f- finish off the episode with this, but a lot of people talk about being like, oh, the QBs from a decade ago that we were watching are so much better than the QBs that like we're watching now. And it's just like, it's, it, it's tough. It's tough to say because the guys, like the top 15 quarterbacks from a decade ago, most of them were already like a decade plus into their careers already. And the younger guys, like an Andrew Luck, like a Cam Newton, faded out of the NFL relatively quickly. I mean, if we just want to talk about QBs kind of drafted from, like, 2010 to 2016, because I'm not going to include the Mahomes and the Allens. Other than Mahomes, everyone is very short into their careers right now. Like, none of them are even 30, so it's tough. But, I mean... um, we're talking about guys like Andrew Luck and RG3 who both had injury-shortened careers, basically. Uh, Cam Newton's body just fell apart. He was drafted in that 2011. 2013, we don't even talk about. Uh, 2014, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, not great QBs coming out of there. Johnny Manziel and Jimmy G, I guess. Uh, am I just going to do this off the top of my head? 2015 was... Mariota and Jameis Winston. 2016 was Goff and Wentz, and then we get into 2017 where we finally got him a Mahomes, but we also got a guy like Deshaun Watson, who he was trending. He was going to be one of those top 10 quarterbacks, and then he decided, or I'm sure he was always a nasty individual, but um, yeah, so it's it's one of those like, oh, we compare, but it's 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 too early. There are so many guys who have been drafted and who look like they're going to be very good QBs in this league. I mean, we already have Pat Mahomes. He's on the trajectory for, I mean, he's a top three quarterback already all time. But after that, like, it's Lamar with two MVPs, and then no one else has any real accolades to talk about. Like, Josh Allen's made an AFC championship game. Joe Burrow has made it to a Super Bowl. Um, Justin Herbert has done 
nothing. Like Jer- like Matt Stafford is still one of the best. J- Jalen Hurts made a Super Bowl. Like everyone from this current generation is still too young because no one from that 2010s generation of picks really fucking did anything if we're being honest. Like again, excluding Pat Mahomes and excluding so like again, if I go from 2010 to the 2016 draft years, Jared Goff is the best QB that was drafted. Like, wild to say, like, at least career-wise. We know that Cam Newton, obviously MVP, higher peak. We know that Andrew Luck was a very, very good quarterback, but the Colts and fucking Ryan Grigson basically sabotaged him. But, uh, yeah, Goff just being the best QB from 2010 to 2016 drafted, best career anyways, is kind of nuts to say. And I mean, there's probably some debate on Cam Newton, the one MVP year, better career than what Jared Goff has done so far, but uh, I'm not really going to debate that. Um, But yeah, I think we just, I feel like we need to come back in five more years, 2030, something like that, and then then evaluate this generation's crop of QVs versus last generation's, because that 2010s gap really fucked up the QB market, because again... Goff was the only real quarterback drafted. And I feel like I could go back to like 08 and 09, like Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford, Matt Ryan, like wasn't, wasn't much like Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert. Not a lot of QBs really panned out when you had drafts. Uh, I mean, obviously paid Manning is Manning and, Brady was drafted in the sixth, and Breeze was drafted in the second, but we had one draft where it was like Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Big Ben, who were all Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks. Then, uh, like, Rodgers and Alex Smith were in a draft, and Alex Smith ended up having, like, a good career, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and Carson Palmer was drafted, and he ended up having a pretty solid career. So it's just, like, the fact that no one, basically, from, like, 2010... The 2016 has gone on to, like, again, it's Jared Goff. It's Jared Goff. And now I'm just kind of rambling. I'm going in circles. So I will end it here now. Um, So, yeah, if you have liked this, like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.